0: Hey father. Oh, I'm doing well. What story are we doing today? Oh, cool. Amazing. I've been waiting for this. Okay, cool. Call back later. <gasps> you guys, this week we are diving into the story of Samson. Welcome to another episode of Bible Stories with me, Brianda, Brianda. And joining me today is Launica.
1: I don't know what she said. I'm Wheezy. Yay. And I had no idea we were going to be doing Samsung because I have an iPhone. So. Jesus Christ. Christ, guys.
0: Okay, it's Samsung. Today we don't have Clara in the studio, but she'll be back next week, I'm sure. Um, No, Wheezy, we're doing Samsung. Do you know anything about Samsung?
1: Yeah, I know that. um, Not the the Japanese green. I know that, you know, it's just not the best. And that one of them blew up. No, baby. No, no, no. Sam's
0: the story of Samson is one of the most famous, like, and I know you're Jewish. This is great. Listen, I think that this show is great for you and your ancestors. I think this is a great learning moment for everyone, especially you. Do you?
1: I do. Um, Brianda's been trying to turn me out, y'all. She literally said she likes working with Clara because she's more of a non-believer than I am.
0: She is more of a non-believer than, than you are of all of, of you, Al, of every, she's the one that's the most like her questions back to me are that of someone who straight up doesn't believe in any okay. greater source. Who
1: do you think is the one who could get like radicalized by Jesus? If you had to pick. Oh, Alex. Really? Oh yeah. It'd be Al. And he asked me if I was a psychopath cause I hear Jesus. Honestly, Um, I could see him getting radicalized for it. Cause I'm going to just be like, that is not him. (laughs) No, I think he would be the one that
0: would have, like I said, he asked me if I was a psychopath or whatever, but like, it's those kinds of questions that for me, when I responded, there was little to no rebuttal. And maybe it was because he didn't want to offend me or the listeners or something. I don't know. He's not in the room to discuss this, but he's the kind of person that would ask questions and really want the answers whereas there are some non-believers that ask questions and it's just to refute it's not to understand yes got it al is not that way al really wants to understand he does it's one of the most special things about him like when he talks to you he's so level and like even keeled
1: Girl, you are talking to someone that I share a bank account with. We oh, are in a that's... business marriage. Don't be giving him all these compliments right that's now. That's right. You're right. But hey, man, Wheezy, I love you, though, too. I mean, none of this would have been possible if it wasn't for no, you. No, I'm teasing. Al definitely, like, he is somebody that, he, he is a great listener. I think he doesn't listen with the intent to respond too often, like a lot of people do. I'm one of those. You know what I mean? Like, I'll ask you a question if I know I don't like you. I'll be like, so what'd you do today? Yeah, yeah. That's the of person. I am. You know what? You are pretty
0: reactive. Not with me. Have we gotten in any fights? No.
1: I don't think so. I don't. We won't. I like you too much.
0: I like you too. I also don't. I'm not a fighter. Like in relationships either. I don't fight. I do. Are you turned
1: on by it? So here's the thing. What my co-host on Horrible Decisions says that she believes I am into toxicity. Mm-hmm. I would like to just say. Through therapy, I have learned that it's not that I'm into toxic sh- stuff. Sorry, I know your mom listens. <laughs> it's more so that it's a lot of the ways I've received love. Like, but I love you. Ah! Mm-hmm. You know, you knew someone that was very in love with me and he was crazy. Very, very
0: um, brash and aggressive. Yeah. Why?
1: Because that's how much he loves me. Is that yeah. how you
0: like to be in intimate settings as well? Like, ah
1: yeah does Mm. god talk about that in the bible how you should have sex um
0: there's a book called the song of solomon song of songs and i don't believe that to be the case like he speaks about sex and sexuality in a very like respectful and like passionate passion doesn't necessarily mean boring or like in like no De- I agree with you respectful doesn't. doesn't necessarily mean boring I mean like there are some let me get a verse let me get a verse in there where Go ahead,
1: get you a Jesus
0: verse girl because song of Solomon was written by Solomon of Solomon uh as verse like there are some verses in there that are so poetic uh hold on Ooh, okay this one's uh chapter seven verse seven your stature is like a palm tree and your breasts are like it's clusters. Oh, what? I belong to my love and his desires for me. Yeah, like they, they're it, that.
1: Imagine s- if someone's sex did you that. That's what I want. You want someone to say your tits are clusters of palm trees? Yeah. I. Well, OK, hold on. Hold on now.
0: I'm not going to be dating Solomon here. But, like, if someone texts me Bibles, like, verses in scripture, oh, gosh, that would be, like, that would be it for me. Like, that, I, ooh, just, like, someone who, like, respects me. Oh, I was, oh, hi, Tangie, off the of hi, Tangie. I was talking to Claire, we went to dinner, and we were talking about, like, what is the thing? Like, because I'm single and I'm always talking about it. Oh, someone fall in love with me already. Yeah. Um. And I was—we were discussing like the, our like top fives. What are more, more, most important to us? Sex was so high for her, and it's not high up on my list at all for me. Like the number one thing for me was, I need to feel protected. I need to feel so safe. I could walk down the street with my eyes closed, freaking vulnerable Did as hell. Did you read what?
1: the Carrie Hilson tweet that just came out? No. What, what, what was Carrie was saying? said, and I quote, Men who provide emotional security and display wise leadership will get the softest, most genuine, relaxed, trusting, guard down, submissive, nurturing version of their woman. Even successful strong women want to feel safe enough to be soft. That is our true nature. And the man who makes me feel safe will have the world. Ah. I loved it. And I com- 100% completely agree. I think that it's not beyond anybody um, to admit that they love to feel safe. You know what I mean? Yeah, men do too.
0: What do you think it is for for men? I I remember I have a very and I think you can maybe relate to this a bit. We have masculine traits. We're very like dom dom in life. I'm not talking about intimately, but just like we have, we're outspoken. We speak on a microphone, which is inherently. Masc it's a masculine thing i remember i had an ex of mine tell me um when i go out to parties and i'm like you know like oh being like a f- social butterfly which i was crazy because i'm an introvert but he goes could you tone that down it's like too masculine he said that to me and ever since then if i'm out in public i'm like i dial it down wow yeah yeah what a i'm bastard. sorry to hear that i know but i i saw something on on tiktok that was like why don't women like nice guys? That's not it. Women love nice guys. Like kindness? What the heck? We want a kind guy. What she was saying was, or what we try to uh, say, but we use the wrong word, is we want a man to make us um, feel the most feminine around. And for whatever reason, when you're with like, I guess a man who's hyper beta or something, and maybe if, if you're a beta as well, it's like we don't know where to go and then we automatically dismiss them as, oh, they're too nice, I'm not attracted anymore. But it's really not about nice at all. It's about what can my, what things can my partner do? What actions can he, can he have with me, towards me, that allow me to be my most feminine self? Like, I'm not gonna be my most feminine self when I'm mo- more masculine than my man. Does that make sense? Of course it makes sense. I saw sense. that TikTok and I was like, huh, that's it it's not about nice we just pick nice because we don't we haven't really processed the the emotion
1: yet so we're just putting oh he's too nice and sometimes nice is cons- like we see it as passive more than anything right like there's a lot of nice men that are not too nice but too passive yes. they don't establish dominance as much
0: yes Yes. Um, Oh, uh, uh, before we dive into the story, wait, by the way, guys, I want you guys to rate and review the podcast, please. Five stars me. Um, And if you have any critique, DM me. Don't don't put it on the thing, please. She is begging for it. Please, please. Oh, my gosh. I cannot wait. I cannot wait till we have a pop. But listen, Wheezy, I know that this past weekend you were at a wedding and I want to hear tea.
1: Not really any tea. Um, Mop, mop. I will tell you this, love Andrew, love his girlfriend. I don't know if I'm jealous at how in love they are (laughs) or if they are so in love, it makes me vomit. Wait, hold on. What wedding were you at? I was at Akash Singh's wedding. Shout out to Akash and Jasleen. They are now married. They've been engaged for a while. Their wedding was unfortunately postponed due to COVID. Um, but you know, Andrew's getting married soon. And I was sitting next to his fiance who I, I actually really like her like you know, when you don't want to like someone because any friend you want to just be like, ah, you know, to their girlfriend, but she's really warm and lovely. And them together is just like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. They're super
0: affectionate.
1: They are. They are like PDA queen. Andrew will grab her ass in a temple Indian church. Okay. <laughs> he does not give a damn. Oh my gosh. Um, But <laughs> she is very sweet and like, I think it's great when you meet someone who can deal with your quirkiness and shit. Like, I don't know if I could ever be with a man like Andrew, you know what I mean? Who's very, I'm the same way. Like it's almost like an ADD brain. I don't know if he has it, but you're just talking fast. You get annoyed with people fast. Like mm. she can deal. She loves him for it. And she balances him out. And yeah, I'm excited for their wedding and I'm sure they'll make me sick too.
0: I love that. Do you, I, I'm typically not about PDA, but what you just said about balance is kind of, like I've only ever dated finance guys, lawyers, like any, like not in entertainment. And I need that. Like I need someone who's completely the opposite, has no idea what a callback or a producer session or director session is, has no idea about script writing. Like, no, I, I, I need that. I feel like that would
1: turn me on. Yeah. And she's very, very smart. Like I I'm sure that, you know, There's not a conversation they couldn't have, but no, I I think it would be dope to have someone that's not in your world necessarily, but just appreciates it, you know? Yeah, dude. And when I see it, it's,
0: it's, when I talk to people in industry people, it's almost not even interesting to me anymore. I find it more interesting to engage in conversations with people who do like completely other things, like a plumber or anything, anything else. It like, turns me on i used to date this guy who was in architecture oh god i hope he doesn't watch my show he probably does um anywho there was this one moment where i saw him pull out his like architecture stuff i don't know like the spread and the 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 instruments and stuff and i kid you not we like made love on top of all of his stuff because it was i was so turned on just by watching him work like doing something doing something i have no idea about yeah anyways oh my god i can't believe i said that mommy i'm sorry mommy turn away Wheezy take that face off okay let's get into the story guys <laughs> oh
1: sexual solomon oh what's the name samson samson still starts with an N. samson was very sexual s for sex and suck and so oh gosh wheezy no we're not doing that now okay gosh gosh darn it go.
0: anyways I'm happy you guys you you guys had a great um Indian wedding I've never been to an Indian wedding but I know well, it. well it's a lot of Mimi at the parking lot garage
1: did you dance yeah you're harassed the whole time. Today. Oh, yeah. Um, was there alcohol? Akash said at eight o'clock in the morning when we were in a literal parking lot garage, um, <laughs> getting ready for him to get married. He goes, get your black ass out here. <laughs> yes, it was eight o'clock in the morning. I was sitting there with glasses on my face like, oh, I could... yo. But I will tell you, anybody who is a POC out there, because, you know, as brown people, like we are really the same. The motherfuckers were late oh you were okay in- everybody the Indians were late? huh the indians were late they was late um everybody's well dressed and you could tell they'd be looking people's outfits up and down just like any other brown black wedding honestly mm-hmm. um there's so many similarities to cultures it's so funny like i watched this woman look me up and down <laughs> and then she looked at my face and she goes oh i'm jasmine's sister wheezy nice to meet you like she talks about you i was like oh she was checking me out like oh Oh." but she was so sweet his whole family was so sweet and they're like just really warm and um yeah i I, they all made of course wedding jokes about akash being a comedian and not a doctor which i was like that hey that's hilarious it was did you did um did andrew speak at it he spoke the night before i wasn't there but um i do know hope this is not a secret Andrew was supposed to be walking down the aisle with the other grooms. However, he didn't make it and I was sitting next to fiance and she was like, what the fuck? So the tea is Andrew was. We ate a lot of Indian food. No, and breakfast was also Indian food. Samosa shit like that. Andrew was shitting and um, was late down the aisle. You heard it here first, guys. Wait, Yo, I know hilarious. he's going to tell that story because that shit was hilarious. That is hilarious. And the way that he walked in, it almost looked like he was still holding his ass. Like he had to jump off the toilet to go. Um, but it's the longest wedding I've ever been to. Hands down. Two and a half hours for them to say nothing. And there's no clapping. There's no clapping? There's no clapping. And she came down the aisle looking so bomb, And I was like, damn, we can't even. I was like, shit. Oh, my God. No clapping, yeah. All damn. right. Get into Samsung.
0: Samsung. And it's congratulations, Akash and Jas. congratulations, Akash. <laughs> I'm like, which camera do we look at? Uh, Akash and Jasleen weddings are so dope. And I can't wait to get married one day. I don't want a wedding though, but I I wanna. And now guys, we are going to hop into the story of Samson. This is, you know, arguably one of the most famous stories in the Bible, like I just said. um. Of all of the 12 judges, Samson's story is definitely the one that's the most like Marvel, like superhero. It's, it's nutty. This guy was like, uh, this guy was a kook, like almost sociopathic in the way that he went about things, but just a, a brief history on him. Uh, I think the reason why we know we know and recognize Samson as the most famous judge is I also think it's because there was more written about him like we also get background on where he's from and things of that nature like Samson was from the tribe of Dan and his story begins in chapter 13 so between so 13 14 or uh, 14 15 16 are all dedicated towards Samson's story and we get history on his parents. The story of Samson starts at his birth. His father's name was Manoah. And an angel of the Lord visits Manoah's wife, who happens to be barren. And the angel of the Lord visits Manoah's wife and tells her she's going to have a child and the child is going to be very important. These are the things that you need to do. Let's dive into scripture so you have a little bit more context. Scripture Judges, oh, 13 verses three to five. So that means that Samson is uh, chapters 13 to to 17. Um, But hopping into scripture, Judges 13 verses three to five. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, behold, you are barren and have not born children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore be be careful and drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. By the way, at this time, the Israelites... You know, remember from last episode, cycles. The cycles were as followed. That's why the judges came. Cycles were the people of Israel would sin. Uh, uh, God would punish them. They would repent and beg for mercy and beg for for help from the Lord. The Lord will bring help through a judge, and then the people would fall again, and that was the cycle, right? So in this cycle, the people of Israel have been oppressed by the Philistines for just about forty years, right? And here. Manoah's wife gets news from the angel of the Lord that the son that she was going to bear was going to be the next judge for the people of Israel. And when you hear all those things, you're not to drink, you're not to cut your hair, you're not to touch dead carcasses of any animal or people. That's called a Nazarite law or a Nazarite vow. Which I don't know if you guys remember, but in numbers, when we were discussing all of the legal, the legalities, the laws of uh, being Hebrew, the uh, of the the covenant with God, uh, Nazarite was described in that way. And the, one of the things to take note for this story in particular is the uh, in order to uh, uh, keep up with the Nazarite vow, you are not to cut your hair. Now. Manoah's wife runs to her husband, Manoah, and is like, oh, my God, I just saw the angel of the Lord. Like, you won't believe it. I can't even believe this is happening. And he goes, what? Oh, my God. What else did he say? What else did he tell you? And the angel of the Lord is still there. And they, they, they can't even believe it. The, uh, Manoah goes, wait, are you really the angel of the Lord? And the angel of the Lord goes, I am. Just I am. Call back to time of Moses, because God's name is I am major and they collapse to the ground and worship they're like they know they there was no doubt in their minds that this was the lord and uh Manoah asked you know what is this baby's purpose what's his mission and he said everything i told the woman just tell do everything that i told the woman and yada 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 the angel of the lord disappears in in a puff of smoke like the like the bible likes to tell us um and that's when they know no this is legit you know and much like a lot of other stories in the Bible, we go from baby to early 20s in a minute. Like there is no in between. The next chunk of the story in the next chapter, uh, we find Samson. And Samson's now in his 20s, and he is a poppy, chulo, long hair. He is strong, like supernaturally strong. They always draw Samson as this big buff, like macho guy, like strong man. And I don't necessarily think that it has anything to do with like his physical nature. He was just a strong, an, like a supernaturally, abnormally, atypically strong man. And I don't think that has to do with like the size of his muscles per se. You know what I'm saying? Um, like I doubt they had a squat rack back then but they were also doing so much manual labor. Anyways, um, he goes down to a town called Timnah, and he saw one of the Philistines' daughters out in the distance, and she is so fine. One thing we can make a note about Samson is that women are his weakness. Sexy, beautiful women, specifically Philistine women, are his weakness. It's probably the way... I don't know. Drake sees Brazilian women, you know, with the big old ass and hips. <laughs> like he probably like loses it. That that's Samson in this case. He's like Drake. Um, anyways, so he sees this woman. He doesn't even approach the woman. He approaches the woman's parents and is like, yo, I want your daughter as my wife. And the, the daughter's parents are like, Wait, aren't you a Hebrew man? Like, aren't you from the tribe of Dan? Like, why would you want to marry someone outside of your family line? Let's go to scripture so we know exactly how that dialogue went. Scripture, Judges 14, uh, uh, verse 3. But his father and mother said to him, Is there not a woman among the daughter of your relatives or among all of your people that you must go to take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me for she is right in my eyes. Oh, Lord. Lord have mercy. Anywho, so Samson has now talked to the family. They about to get married. There's this little verse on Samson walking down a vineyard when all of a sudden a roaring lion runs and rushes up to him and Samson he feels, he feels convicted by the Holy Spirit. Like a, a like the Holy Spirit takes over his body and he rips the lion in half with his bare hands. I know. Psycho, right? And then a few days later, Samson is walking. He's on his way to his own wedding to the Philistine woman. And He sees the carcass of the lion on the ground that he himself did, but he kept a secret. He didn't tell anyone that he was the one that did it. Um, And he's with his parents. He goes inside of the lion carcass with his bare hands and sees that there are a bunch of bees flying around it. He shoves his hand inside the lion and pulls out so much fresh honey and he eats the honey on his way to his own wedding i mean you know at this time they were smelly and now he was sticky to a wedding i don't know um he even offers some of the honey to his mom and dad which is like they were under the Nazarite law they were not to touch dead things they were not to consume things from a dead carcass you know so automatically here you know that Samson Samson don't care about no covenant he doesn't really take his role that God has bestowed upon him seriously and you can tell just by the way he by the way he moves he he knows that he's been blessed by God but he's not really responsible with his blessings if you will so anywho it's wedding day and right now Samson wants to have a celebration right and There are 30 people from his new wife's family there, and I'm assuming there's no entertainment, there's no DJ, there's nothing. So he goes, let's play a game, family members. And Samson is such such a child. He goes, listen, why don't you, you guys answer a riddle? If you guys get the riddle right, I will give every single person in here all of my wealth, all of my belongings. You guys will get it all. However, if you guys don't get the riddle right, all 30 of you are going to have to give me your prized possessions as a token of, uh, well, A, you lost the riddle. You lost the bet. But also maybe as a wedding gift. I don't know. So this is the riddle that Samson gives to them, guys. Grab your snacks, okay? Because this guy's bugging. So Samson tells the family of his wife, Judges 14, verse 14. And he said to them, out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. And he told the family this. And, and even in three days, they still did not get what this riddle was. Do you know, what, you know what Samson's saying here? He's talking about killing the lion and eating the honey from the lion. But only he knows about the riddle. Only he knows about what had just occurred. So he's literally scheming on his own in-laws. And after three days, his in-laws go to his wife. And he, they go, Girl. Is that why you brought us to your wedding so that we could be poor? Like, what, let us know what it is. What's the, what's the riddle? Like, give us the tea, girl. And so because the girl feels bad, she goes to Samson, right? Um, and we know that women are Samson's kryptonite. She's probably batting her fake lashes like, baby, why don't you tell me what the riddle is? Just come on. It's been a couple days. Just tell me what the riddle is. So Samson gets so tired of her nagging because she nagged him for hours, right? So now, Samson revealed to his shorty that the answer to the riddle was the lion and the honey. And the next day, all the family members come out and they go, "Hey, oh Samson, we got the answer to the riddle, huh? Because the wife told them right and they go the answer is the lion and the honey and samson looks at them and goes y'all cheated y'all think i don't know that my girl told y'all the answer and he's the only one that knows about the lion and the honey so he know- he was scheming on them you know what samson does he kills all 30 of his wife's family members that went to the wedding, guys, with his bare hands for cheating. That's what I'm saying. He's, on, he's unhinged. Okay? And because of this, the wife's father was like, okay, we're assuming Samson is done with us since he killed all of our family? So the wife's father gives... Her away to one of Samson's best man or best man, his like he's like groomsmen in his wedding. When Sa- after Samson's done killing them and stealing all of the family's goods, he comes back, you know, because he lets some time air out. He comes back to get his wife, and his father tells them, "Hey, dude, I thought you like I thought you were done with us. I gave I gave her away, but you can have my youngest daughter, who's like prettier if you want her. Uh uh-uh. uh, Samson was so mad. And you guys don't, don't come for me. Okay. I did not write the Bible. I'm just here telling the stories, but Samson gets so mad that he goes off to the woods, gathers 300 foxes, ties the foxes tails together, sticks fire torches in between their tails and sets the foxes off into all of the Philistines' grains and their lands and their all of their um their like farms. He burns all because the the torches were on the foxes, they burn all of their grains and all of their lands. And the Philistines are pissed they're so mad for what Samson has done because they know that Samson was to blame for that mischievous, whatever happened with the foxes. They actually burn his wife and her father's houses down. So he burned the people, of the, the Philistines, they burn Samson's wife's family's house down. And now Samson is in hiding okay because he knows that the philistines are about to get his ass okay samson's in hiding the philistines are pissed at samson they go to the tribe of judah which remember judah is uh the biggest tribe of israel and they go where's samson bring him out bring him to us we need him now and judah i mean of course they know that samson's S- samson's been trifling like they know that samson is their judge but he's been up to no good he's been ruffling feathers that he really should not be he's been murdering people or having people murdered so uh someone in from the tribe of judah or like a a a, a, a clan from the tribe of judah go and find samson and they go yo they're looking for you you gotta go back out there like what are we supp- are, are we supposed to suffer aren't you supposed to be our judge the fuck Like, what? So Samson goes, okay, fine. I'll go out. But you have to promise me that y'all aren't going to do anything to me. And the tribe of Judah goes, yeah, dude, no, we're just turning you in. We're not going to be doing anything. But, like, you got to pay up. All right? So, I mean, I don't know if this was necessarily right of the tribe of Judah to do. Because at the end of the day, this was your judge. And, like, you're just going to sell him off like that? Granted, he was... He was Samson. But anywho. They bring Samson to the Philistines. All tied up. Looking like a, a terrorist. The terrorist that he was. And they go, here. Here's Samson. The Philistines go to grab him. They see him all tied up. They think, oh, we finally got him. And all of a sudden... Samson breaks out of the rope, grabs a donkey jaw, and annihilates 1,000 Philistine men, kills them all with the jaw of a donkey. Like, what? And again, further instilling the fact that he is not keeping up with any of his Nazarite vows. He's touching a dead animal's str- bone, you know what I'm saying? But th- th- this guy's unhinged. Like if there's anything to take away, this guy is cuckoo en la cabeza. And we haven't even gotten to the most famous story involving Samson. So now after all of Samson's, you know, troublemaking ways, he ends up going to the land of Gaza and he sees the most beautiful woman. At this point, we know that women are Samson's weakness, not just any woman, but like beautiful women. And the Gazites in the area see Samson like making googly eyes at this woman and they know he's a troublemaker. They plan on ambushing him to no avail because Samson is so strong. Anytime anyone goes to attack him, He just kills them one fell swoop and he just does it. That's how strong he is. So at this point, that's in Gaza. People know that this guy has supernatural powers. Okay. And now we're about to talk about Samson and Delilah. Samson and Delilah. They are. That is the most famous story of Samson's whole story arc. So, after the whole incident in Gaza, the Philistines know that they want to get this dude, right? And Samson falls in love with this woman named Delilah. This is not the woman that, uh, that he sees from a distance in Gaza. This is another woman. But because of what happened in Gaza with the woman, they use Delilah as a part of their plan to seize Samson And to basically handicap him of his powers. So the five biggest leaders in the the Philistines tell Delilah, listen, we know this guy's in love with you. We know this guy's into you, okay? Here's what we're going to offer you. We're going to offer you, each of us, each five of them, are going to offer her 11,000 pieces of silver. That is 55,000 pieces of silver total. That is a lot of money. And Delilah is about her money, okay? So she goes, oh, yeah, bet give me the money. I don't care about him. That's how trifling Delilah was. Now, Delilah is another story. Okay. I don't know if we met those girls. She was like, I'm sure Delilah was like a sugar baby in the past, like tricking these dudes, like putting stuff in their drink. She was a, she was a harlot for sure. So she goes, yeah, I'll do it. So they start, they begin living together because they're in love now. Right. Delilah and Samson. And Delilah goes to Samson and she's like, babe, 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 babe. She's like nagging him. And she goes, why are you so strong? Like, what's the source of all your strength? Like, where do you get that from? And he goes, oh, you know, I'm just popping like that. You know what I'm saying? That's just what I do. And she goes, but like, what would someone have to do to like, I don't know, make you less strong? She probably said it with like a really sexy, <laughs> sexy accent. And she, let's go to scripture, Judges sixteen, verse uh, chapter sixteen, verse six. So Delilah said to Samson, "Please tell me where your great strength lies and how you might be bound that one could subdue you." Mm-hmm. Samson said to her, "If they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried yet, then I shall become weak and be like any other man." So the lords of the Philistines show up because she tells them, she's like, yo, it's about some bowstrings? They gotta be dry, okay? So they sneak up in Samson's home, show up with seven bowstrings, and as they go to lunch at Samson, Samson wakes up and kills them. He kills them. He's like, You tried it. Anyways, it's so funny because at this point, he doesn't even uh, he doesn't confront his wife about this, his girl, Delilah, he just keeps it pushing because she, she's scheming and she asks him again. She goes, listen, you told me it was about some bow strings and you lied. Why are you lying to your girl? You don't love me. You're lying to me. You don't love me. And she nags him. She nags him. In the Bible, it even says she nags him until he was vexed, right? And then he says to her, all right, bet, this is what you got to do. He says, you got to bind me with new rope that hasn't been used. And then I'll become weak like any other man. And boom, same thing happens. You know, the, 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 the Philistines plan an attack and ambush with the rope. They try and bind him. Boom, to no avail, nothing happens. And at this point, Delilah is playing with them Philistines. The Philistines are like, Delilah, why are you lying to us? Why are you playing games? We're about to kill you too. Um, well, they didn't say that, but I'm just assuming that's probably what was going through her mind. She's like nervous, you know, there's a lot of money on the line here. And so Samson says, okay, Ben, look, if you braid my seven locks, which we find out that Samson actually has a dreadlocks. I thought it was like, people always like make it seem like he's like Fabio when in the text it said he had seven dreadlocks. It says, if you braid the seven locks of my head like a web and pin it, I will become weak. And so when he goes to sleep, she tells the Philistine people, listen, all you gotta do is braid his hair and then he'll be weak like any other man. She goes and does that. He goes to sleep, they come in for the ambush and Samson bodies every single one of them. You guys, three times Samson plays his girl. And after this, I'm telling you, Delilah's patience is razor thin. And then finally, finally, after days of Delilah bitching and being like, nah, you don't love me, you a liar. You ain't give me your Instagram password. Why'd you give me your Instagram password? You don't trust me. You don't love me. He goes, okay, fine, because we know women are his weakness, right? She was probably beautiful, probably doing it in some savage Fenty lingerie, right? (laughs) He was like, all right, fine. uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Let's go to Scripture, Judges 16, verse 17. And he told her all of his heart and said to her, a razor has never come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb if my head is shaved then my strength will leave me and i shall become weak and be like any other man so i want to pause here for a second because for the first time samson is acknowledging god by uh like just acknowledging the vow that he had made with god you know in the story of, of Samson, he's very, you know, self-indulgent, cocky, arrogant, like about his own bag, about his own advances. But here, he really is being honest with her. His strength lies in his hair. That Nazarite vow, he was not to cut his hair. He had never cut his hair. And he refers to God in certain translations of that script, scripture as Elohim, which, you know, as I've said before, God has many different names. God, uh, Elohim, El Roy, the, the one who sees me, the father who sees me, and Yahweh. But here he refers to God as Elohim, which is like a generic name. It, it's not God's personal name that he has with us. That is Yahweh, as we know. I've discussed before with you guys. But Samson finally reveals to Delilah what the secret is. And Delilah goes, oh, this is it. This is it. So, she goes and tells the Philistine leaders, I've got it. You just got to cut his hair. And so, the Philistines, while Samson is sleeping, enter his chambers and cut off all of his hair while he's sleeping. And Samson is weak. He is weak like any other person. And, I mean, you guys, fast forward 15 seconds if you're squeamish. But they also gouge Samson's eyeballs out. I mean, whoa. This guy was taken prisoner because he was played by his own girl, Delilah. And the Philistines kept Samson prisoner for, you know, a... Consider a considerate amount of time. So much so that some of his hair grows back while he's a prisoner. And while he's a prisoner, they end up making him do like women work. He's so weak he can't do work that men did. So he was like turning butter and stuff. Like so, now we got he's weak. He's got a busted buzz cut. He's blinded now. His eyes were gouged out. This guy's lost everything. And the story of Samson winds down where the philistines typically have this big pagan festival where our celebration where they publicly kill some of their prisoners you guys know they i mean uh, in, in italy they do this these kinds of things like so they brought out samson you know the big grand old samson he comes out in front of everyone he's going to be their entertainment for the evening and you guys know Samson's weak. Samson, more time has gone by and some of his hair did grow back. And he is just a shell of himself. And in that moment, while they're all laughing at him, throwing stuff at him and stuff, he asks the Philistine guards, okay, listen, could you at least like pull me up, make me stand on the pillars and stuff? And in that moment, Samson cries out to God and he calls him Yahweh. The first time Samson's ever shown any kind of regard for our father. And, you know, he repents for all that he has done. And he says, Father, please give me strength. Please, because we know that Samson came to be a judge, right? And the Israelites were under Philistine oppression. He says, please, Father, help me in this moment. Please now, I'm begging you. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit pulses one last time through Samson's veins. He puts both arms on the pillars that he was on, and he destroys the pillars with the last bit of strength he has and he kills every single Philistine in sight because the pillars come tumbling all on them and Samson dies as well and that is how the story of Samson ends
1: ew <laughs> um, I heard the <laughs> eye gouge part and wanted to throw up and checked out <gasps> Oh, easy. Well, just so we have some scripture,
0: because this is the most important part of the story of Samson. Judges chapter 13, verses 29 to 30. And Samson grasped the two middle pillars on which the house rested, and he leaned his weight against them, his right hand on the one, his left hand on the other. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. Then he bowed with all his strength, and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people who were in it. So the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those whom he had killed during his life. Wow. Major! And now moral of the story. Moral of the story is sometimes we gotta experience some really humbling moments in life to truly accept God or the possibility of a God. I mean, Samson had everything stripped from him. Everything that was of value to him as a young man, right? He lost his strength, which was the root of his confidence. He was probably identified by that strength. He had his eyes gouged out. You guys already know how Samson felt about a beautiful woman, that was his weakness. And he even did the work of a woman while he was a prisoner. I can imagine that when Samson was a prisoner in that window of time, Under the Philistine rule, he was a changed man. Man, humbling experiences, that'll change you, and that'll in turn change your behavior. It'll change your perspective. I mean, what better example of that than his last moments when he referred to God as Yahweh for the first time? You know, this was a changed Samson. And the Lord showed up for him in his last few moments of life. I guess what I want to share with you guys for this week's Moral of the Story is when your strength is in something bigger than you, in something greater than you, no one can take that away. Hey father. Oh, great. Yeah, I know. Samson was a riot. Yeah, man. Ugh. Did Father go? Oh yeah, wait, he loves you. Where am I looking? He loves you. By the way, he loves you guys. Anyways, what is in that vaccine? I feel (laughs) drunk and I swear I didn't drink this week.